Welcome back to the Signs of the Southland podcast presented by Public Rumble Seat. Today, we journeyed to the Bill Moore Student Success Center Skyboxes to record our Humble podcast. We have a nice view of uh, Bobby Dodd Stadium in Grant Field. Yeah, it's a little bit less wet than uh, the Wardlaw deck, which is where we tried to go, but uh, we've got a nice microphone, which also picks up this great fan, so uh, yeah, sorry about that. that in advance. So if you hear the fan in the background, sorry, we're working on it, we need to find somewhere a little quieter to record our audio, but you know, we got a nice space to use this fancy new microphone, so we are going to roll with it. 205 on a Wednesday, it's a little bit different than we usually do, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, different from our usual Monday 9 p.m. recording slot. <laughs> yeah, it's a little lighter outside today. Uh, with the clouds outside, <laughs> I don't know about that. Hey, it's gorgeous. This is springtime in Chicago to me. Oh. Shut up. All right, well, as always, uh, joining me, Akshay Schwarin, here on the flats, are Jake Grant, Ethan Kreger, and Cade Lawson. How is everyone doing on this beautifully gloomy Wednesday? I'll speak for Ethan, too, and say it's nice to be back. It seems like it's been a month since we've been on the podcast, but uh, that's what happens when you, hey, you were every two uh, you were suspended last time for an egregious no-call versus the New Orleans Saints. Oof. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, I yeah, just that. <laughs> yeah, we had to talk non-rep by ourselves. How did you do that? Oh, I did a great job. <laughs> said he, he didn't really say much. No, we did We did a first take, and I did such a bad job that we just stopped after, like, ten minutes of me trying. Or, like, never mind. See, that was a much more fun round of news, too. You had the upset of, uh, and, and, no, not NC State, of Syracuse. Yeah. Sorry, it's been a while. Um, but, yeah, no, since then... I guess tennis has been disappointing. Uh, we haven't won a lot for women's basketball. So uh, bring men's on softball and men's golf. I need some fun things to talk about. Men's basketball has been uh, a thing. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been a basketball. They've played three basketball top 25 teams. teams last week and a half. It's tough to judge them on that, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah true. Cool. But as always, or now that we have our usual non-rev crew back, it is time for the fastest five minutes on the flats. All right, let's get this timer set up here. Mr. Grant, Mr. Krager, are you ready? Sure. Ready? Ready. Set, go. Right off the bat, this is not going to take five minutes. Um, we're not going to spend. Five minutes. We're not going to spend much on uh, men's and women's tennis. Uh, I think it's in in a sentence. Women's tennis is not what they were last year. Can you? Yeah, it's a been a big drop-off for a team that returned half of its starting lineup. Definitely not what was predicted, bringing in three highly touted freshmen, two of whom which were in the top 100 in the ITA freshman rankings. So they've definitely been a, a disappointment so far. Uh, men haven't been too much better. Uh, they did okay the first time out against UGA. Uh, they hung with Georgia real good this weekend. The 4-0 score does not at all reflect how that match went, and if they had finished the match out, I'm, I think it would have been 5-2. And of the three singles matches that UGA won to win the match, all three were three setters. So 4-0 does not do that justice at all. Uh, I, I'd say we have a young team. Is that an accurate characterization? Yeah, yeah. I think we only start one senior. So the fact that they played Georgia close this weekend is very... Who's that senior, Devar? Philip Gresk. Yeah. Is Devar a junior? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and then as for the rest of non-rev... Women's basketball, uh, they had that great upset of Syracuse, but they haven't been too great since, I'd argue. Um, 
they lost a real heartbreaker on the road to North Carolina, uh, 91-90. That game was rough, especially the ending. Yeah, no, uh, uh, Elizabeth Balgan continue, continues her great, great year. I'm really excited for uh, having three more years of her. Uh, her plus Dixon plus Pond. Uh, honestly, this, this team hardly loses anything into next yeah. year. So they're playing these teams close this year. I'm excited for them to uh, still hang around this bubble. I'd say they're firmly on the bubble. They need to win. Uh, pretty well at down the stretch, but they've already they uh, have already played Notre Dame once, Louisville, uh, a lot of the big names State on the schedule. Twice. Yes, uh, so okay, they played, played Notre Dame coming up on Sunday, which no, wait, they played really? Notre Dame last weekend. Oh, you're right. Oh, that is last weekend. Okay, so from here out, we're, we're, we should have a pretty uh, decent slate to pick yeah. up some wins here in conference. And it is uh, notable to mention that they have played like mostly like the ACC is pretty. Oh, pretty competitive it's a meat grinder basketball, and they played like number one, number seven. Number They've four, already got eight. Louisville like, had their starters in until forty-five minutes left, or forty-five seconds. Sorry, left in the game. Yeah, uh, they don't have any games left against Notre Dame, Louisville, Syracuse, or NC State. So that's the very good upside of the schedule. Yeah. So we'll get Miami. We'll get uh, Pitt. We'll get teams nah. like that. Um, so uh, we'll see. We'll see what they have to do. Uh, we got two minutes left. Um, what else has really been in action yet except swimming? Uh, swimming swept Denver. Uh, that was looking like a really key top 25 matchup coming into the year, but I guess Denver lost a lot. I don't know as much about Summit League swimming <laughs> as, I, uh, as I do about everyone else. But uh, Denver's not quite what they were. Um, you know it's not too excellent of a team if the women are demolishing them because they are not the greatest themselves. I parse my words there. Um, out of respect to them. But the men are pretty good, and that was a solid win for them. They swam pretty well. Uh, Tanner Hayes, breakout. We all know Kyle Pumpudis is uh, quite good. Um, so keeping that up coming into the end of the year is key. They go to Auburn this weekend for an invite um, after going there and getting beat, coming off training trip and winter training. So this might be a good reassessment of how they stack up uh, without having a UGA meet this year, which kind of sucks. Um, Let's see. Anything else from the world of non-rev? I don't have anything else. Uh, upcoming, what I got on my calendar. We could use this last minute to preview softball. True, but other than that, uh, if you want to talk about softball real quickly in one second, um, track has a split squad. They're going to Iowa Three State. Minutes, right. Yeah, they're going to Iowa State, uh, Nashville, and Clemson. Women's tennis is at is in Washington for the ITA. No, 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 Wait, no. They did not qualify for ITAs because well, they lost to Ohio State. And then golf That's is at Auburn. is in Hawaii for their opening. Yes, uh, looking Stop forward to uh, golf kicking that off there at the number two ranking. Uh, so that's excellent. Right. And then uh, they've been on the edge for decades now under Hepler. Uh, they've brought literally everyone who's anyone back. Um, they should be great. Softball. Uh, signed a great class, uh, signed a couple amazing transfers, former SEC Freshman of the Year, former uh, A-Sun Player of the Year, and then a well-regarded pitcher out of North Georgia. So hopefully we can uh, find the pitching to replace uh, Emily, Anderson. Emily Anderson. And then, yeah, no, they should be they should pick up where they left off last year in what was a rebuilding year. All right. Well, that's time. All right. That's yeah. uh, everything going on in non-rev, yep. more or less. Mm-hmm. 
see one more time. Let me check the calendar. If I'm missed. if I'm gonna make a note here really quick, I am very much excited to see what Todd Stansbury's OG hire on the flats, uh, Eileen Morales, can pull off in year two, because uh, she took not much and turned it into something that was at least going back to the postseason for the first time in a while. So uh, even though that's just the ACC yeah. tournament, right? So you not everybody makes a tournament. I so. know it's. I've never understood that about softball and baseball, but at any rate. Just yeah, to no. talk about the schedule for other non-rev sports, I guess softball is the only one I left off uh, in the schedule recap. Softball is at the River City leadoff in Jacksonville. Yep. Um, they'll play Providence, um, UMass, Lowell, yeah. uh, and then Jacksonville. we got to start off the season 4-0. Those are winnable games for Georgia Tech. Um, you might drop one because it's softball, but I – I don't know. But it's it's why you never should really predict tech baseball sweeping all them in state midweek opponents. But like really if we're talking yeah. expectations, those are winnable games for Georgia Tech. And if you want to be a good team, you gotta beat the the teams on your schedule. And then uh, other other stuff, uh, women's basketball plays Pitt, I guess Thursday. tomorrow. It's Thursday now, but I guess today when this goes out. Yep. Um, on Thursday morning. And then men's tennis will play Kennesaw State on Friday. Uh, and then Georgia State on Sunday. Yep. And that should round out the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good? Yeah, no, looking forward to it. Uh, should be a good weekend to uh, see where a couple of these teams are at. I'd really like to see men, the men, 4-0, both of these teams. Yeah, they I might, don't play, think all the, they might play to finish since it's inside and the women are out of town. But That's true. Hopefully 7-0s. Yeah, let's, uh, things you like to see, that. Yep. Um, what you got next, Akshay? National signing days today. Well, the February yeah. one. So, all the listeners out there, what do you think of the two? Uh, what do you think of the two signing days? I know I said that it takes a little out of the uh, off-season lull, but um, so it's weird. I think having experienced, well, ha- having knowing that there used to just be the February signing day, and now having both of them, having seen it from both sides, it's just it's like strange because all of the air that used to be all like. Excitement around the February one used to is now all on the December one, and then the February one kind of slips under the radar. Cage, you look like you got thoughts. <laughs> I mean, I kind of forgot it was happening this week until. See, like, see, like, that's exactly what I'm saying. So, it's like a Christmas present, but you forget Christmas is there. I mean, it's like I had no expectations, and we got stuff. Who did we get, Cage? Are we there? Yes. Yeah. Jamius Griffin <laughs> and Michael Lockhart. You know them? And Marquez Izard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Marquez Izard, who is the transfer from he Miami. Yes. He signed today. Oh, he signed he today. announced before. Yeah, the he sign announced a week ago. Well, he announced his commitment and then he officially signed the NLI. He can't sign whatever. until today, anyways. Yeah. But uh, what did uh, uh, the stickers on the hats? Uh, who mentioned that? Um, um, one of our. It was Andrew, Carter. It was Carter. Carter. Carter, one of the other writers on our staff. Um, watching Lockhart's uh, announcement, yeah. had noticed that the sticker, like the 47 sticker that's on all of these hats, wasn't on the Georgia Tech hat on Lockhart's table. And so it mm. seemed it seemed predestined. Scandals. Hey, man. Flame with fire. If he wants to return the hats for the schools he's not going to go to, smart man. I've always wondered about that, actually. 
Some of them buy a lot of hats. They're expensive. <laughs> yeah. There was a yeah, guy. They're like twenty dollars each. There was a guy in my year at my high school who had offers from everywhere and liked having offers from everywhere, and he had a signing ceremony at one of our like sports bars downtown, and he had like twenty hats on the table. Twenty oh, hats on the yeah, table. That's a big ego right there. Oh man. Yes. All right. So Jamie Griffin, four-star running back out of Rome, Georgia. Uh, he is the Gatorade Georgia Player of the Year. Um, what do you got to say about him? Wasn't Mr. Brad Watson? Stewart also Gatorade Player of the Year or something like that? I, from Griffin's highlights and from Griffin's <laughs> statistics. Oh god. Well, I mean. I have some, no idea. some, or maybe it's AJ Gray or something like that. Some under the radar. I feel like, I feel like Griffin is a little more high profile than whoever the last Gatorade Player of the Year. Well, it's the, we got was. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe those are named by classification. I, no, it's only one. No. Well, that shows how much I know about my state's high school football program. So. Yeah. Illinois uh, track guy from my high school won one year. So I don't even think it has to be a football player. But it's one for each sport, I think. Oh, that's so much less exciting. They gave us a bunch of free Gatorade and everything, so naturally... Well, uh, Gatorade is a Pepsi product, and we don't talk about that in this state. <laughs> Mr. Craiger, you had some thoughts on Mr. Griffin. Yeah, Griffin in high school started at running back for his varsity team all four years. He had over somewhere around 800 carries throughout his career and had 104 touchdowns. So that means he took it to the house about once every eight times he touched the ball. Woo! His and, line looked pretty good in the film, though. So. Yeah, they did look pretty good at rooting people off their spot. But he runs with a low center of gravity, has a lot of power, and at, what, 5'9", 210 pounds, he has the size to absorb hits and keep going, and also the speed to outrun defenders at it's the second the level. Hips. I'm telling you, it's all in the hips. His hips don't lie. Yeah. Akshay, no. Please stop. I was waiting for an opinion, like a position where to slot that joke in. All right, I found it. Uh, 2014-15, Georgia Gatorade State Football Player of the Year, A.J. Gray. So, uh, Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Mr. Lawson, anything to add? I wish we still had A.J. Gray. <laughs> Are we talking about A.J. Gray? We can talk about A.J. Gray and Jamie Griffin. I think he's working in the office based on the I mean, he's our, he's our named Adidas model. That's cool. For football. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, because he modeled all the Adidas gear for this football season. Got to keep yeah. him in uniform, right? Always learning. If Griffin ends up like the last Gatorade State High School Player of the Year in Georgia, we will be very, very lucky because that was Trevor Lawrence, and he now has an undefeated season in a national championship. So he, uh, that award is a hell of an award. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the guy before him, 2015-2016, uh, uh, his name is Jake Fromm. Uh, he's ended up Ooh. okay in college too. <laughs> and then yeah, uh, Jake Fromm was alright. Got him for AJ Gray. Wins, uh, you got Deshaun Watson, who had a decent enough hell career, career up at Clemson. Clemson. Yeah. Do they not give it to running backs very often? I don't know. Deshaun Watson's big. Most of them have been quarterbacks. Wow, Eric Berry, that's a name. Hudson that's Mason's on here too. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If you ever want to kill some brain cells, go listen to anything that guy says. What an idiot. <laughs> uh, hey, he got a fine degree up there. No, not even because of that. He got a fine piece of toilet paper. No, not even because of that one. I'm not even here to make fun of, of UGA as a school. I'm here to make fun of him. Whew. That's amazing as a character. He's a radio character. Yeah. Harsh oh words. God. Who put him where people could hear him? Wait, well, he has a show? He's on uh, the Sports X. Uh, with Joe Hamilton. They put them on the same show? I think so, actually. This just goes to show how much I listen to sports radio, so uh, 
<laughs> Atlanta sports radio is traditionally awful. Isn't it just all Falcons and not Georgia. much else? I mean, it's all Falcons in Georgia. That's about it. But Athens isn't in Atlanta. Well, they do whatever makes them money. I'm going to go see if I can see the skyline from Bobby Dodd Stadium. Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah. What? Do you think that, like, North Ave apartments have grown since last year? <laughs> and they were now just going to, like, block all that? I'm using it to rhetorically prove a point, just like uh, Collins is with this spring game. Oh, boo. That's my segue. <laughs> all right, if you, want, if you want to talk about it, go for it. I'm a big fan of the spring game, and I'm a bigger fan of him playing it uh, during the golden hour. I don't know if that's his explicit reason, but it sounds very Georgia Tech to me. Uh, April 26th, the news came out, is the Georgia Tech uh, spring game. It's a Friday. Uh, I don't know much else it's to like add. a week. I think it's the Friday before finals week. Yeah, students should still be around. Not that we usually get... Yeah, not that anyone will be here. Ridiculous attendance, but... I mean, attendance is, like, pretty okay, usually. I mean, it's not 55,000, but it's for a spring game... Yeah, on a Friday night, I mean, even last year was pretty okay. I am skeptical yeah. at best of that answer. Okay is a strong word. I mean, okay in terms of, like, spring game attendance. And you also like, just said, it's okay for a Friday night during spring. <laughs> like, you would expect someone to use that as an excuse for low attendance if they were like, it's okay for, like, a Tuesday in January. I was about to say, it looks like, like uh, the rusty sea on a rainy Tuesday in February yeah, is what just, it looks like. You just described oh. ideal weather and time conditions. And <laughs> said, like, that's why no one's there. Give me a break. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive. <coughs> Sorry. It was a few years ago when it was raining so hard. Do any of y'all remember this? That they counted the okay, they pretended to count the fans in the stands and everyone was tweeting about it. It was like in my college career. I think it was 213 or something. Like in the 200s. Hey, I bet you a good number of them listen to this fine podcast. Those are true fans right there. Yeah, I air-quoted count. I forgot no one could see that. But I air-quoted <laughs> that because they didn't actually count. They're just trolling and not very smart people. Womp womp. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. But uh, hopefully more people show up. Seems like interest is up based on the tickets sold lately, too. So, so what was the yeah. last number that we heard? I want to say it was 91% up from the first week last year. Something like that. Something like that. It might have been It's a very, very dramatic improvement. If they're doing net, uh, that does include a seventh home game, but that's not a 91% increase. Well, it's the seventh home game plus tickets are the cheapest they've been since 2015. <laughs> Affordability is good. Um, I guess yeah. they're trying to make up in volume what they get on that price, which is economics. Good for them. Hey, he's one like, economics you know, major and two economics <laughs> minors in the room. Uh, Actually, it's just a computer boy. It's fine. I'll let you do my taxes one day. <laughs> Electronically. Wait, Wait that's yourself. Code my taxes. That's not what a CS board. major does. That's what the accountant does. <laughs> I'll let you both do my taxes. What, you'll do them on paper and I'll, <laughs> I'll do them electronically? Yeah, cross-check them. What else do we have to talk about, Mr. Grant? Uh, I clicked away to go read my own article. Um, wow, how humble. Hey, I gotta know what I have to say about stuff. Um, so we talked about spring game, we talked about National Signing Day. Uh, anything else about football? It's pretty exciting. I don't know uh, if you guys talked about the winter is coming thing last week, but I think that I is... I think we did. I, don't, I think that's very Georgia Tech, and I think it's buzz. And positive buzz in the middle of February is 
very good for this program. Also, so. I hate you for making a, or in an unintentionally making a buzz pun about Georgia Tech there. What is Winter is Coming for those who do not know? Yes, the Winter is Coming off-season conditioning program is a off-season conditioning program <laughs> designed to be done in the winter. What is it a reference to, though? Wow, Actually, that was an amazing response from Akshay Ishwara. He's very bright. It. I tried. <laughs> Was getting to it. It's a. It's the off-season conditioning program run by Coach Collins and his staff. The goals are I twofold. Think he said that like five times now. Twofold. One, it helps uh, Collins and his staff get to know the players. Uh, they've been split up into eight entities. Um, these are, all these are not the important answers that people are seeking. They just want to know what it. winter is coming means, Akshay. I'm getting to it. The re- name is a reference to Game of Thrones. There, there we go. go. Wow. I'm, I wanted to give them a full explanation. <laughs> they know what an off-season conditioning program is. They've been split into eight to ten teams. They get points for various things, including workouts, but also like going to other sporting events, doing community doing service. That. Um, so it's pretty holistic. It's been good to see uh, football players program. at swimming and tennis and women's basketball and stuff yeah, like, like that, that too. Yeah. Also, RIP the Bud Night Light as you were talking. Oh, about. I remember that. Oh, um, the mountain, the mountain beheads the Bud Night. Sad. That's sad. They scraped them off the building too. I think. Yeah, he's gone oh, now. Oh, God, yeah. no. He was protecting over us. <laughs> Down Watchwood Drive. It's a noble it's like knight. In, it's like a dark night when Batman goes away. And there's no more Defender of Gotham. There's no more Bud Light night on whatever that building was. The, not the equitable building, Story but the Pacific? one next to it. I, think. I don't know. I exactly. couldn't tell you the names. Of it's square. There. It's rectangular. It's got that V shape on it, right? I think. I don't know. It's big and shiny. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Breaking news. But, like, I wouldn't Breaking call Breaking news, but the glass buildings big are big and shiny. shiny. More, <laughs> more at 11. All right. Well, we can kind of go from our sassy football stuff to basketball, yes. Yeah. Do we want to talk about basketball? Does Ethan want to talk about basketball? Yeah, Ethan has some thoughts about basketball. You want to give us a very high level overview of the last two weeks of basketball? Very, very high level. Uh, Well, we played three top 25 teams. You can only judge so much. Florida State, UNC, and Duke are each very, very good. And even though Florida State's conference record doesn't necessarily reflect that, I think they are still a threat to win this league when the conference tournament makes some noise in March. So to go on the road and hang with them and then go to Cameron and lead Duke at halftime and hang with them for all 40 is very encouraging. And the the old adage that defense travels has really been the case for that team the past couple weeks. Obviously, they haven't been able to score, and the offense hasn't been there. But it's been good to see them get after it on the defensive end. But then on the other side at home the last few weeks against Louisville and against UNC, they've come out flat. And I don't just mean flat for a couple minutes, get down 10-0 and call a timeout. I mean Louisville – we were down 36-7, to which is absolutely unacceptable in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And then UNC, we hung with them for the first half and then came out of halftime, gave up like a 18-2, 20, 20-2 yeah, run like or something. 25-6. 25-6 run. And you just – that can't happen against these kinds of teams. I mean, you can't give them five minutes where you don't come out there and give it everything you've got, get after it on the defensive end. You give up 25 points in five, six minutes. It's real hard to win in this league. And I think it's a little bit of maturity and a little bit of just the fact that we have a, sh- a small rotation. But 
It's and, and that small rotation kills us because against Louisville, they're working with uh, Alvarado, Alston, and Gay, Gay, Gay out. And those are our two leading scorers and Gay, who's a big, who's become a big part of our offense. And credit to uh, Reveno, uh works with the big men, right? Mm-hmm. So Reveno, since since I got to campus, AD Gay's sophomore year, he was. When I got here, he was a bit player, didn't do much, was just long, lanky, kind of awkward. Now he plays with a lot more confidence, and I think he's been an important member of the team this year. So those three contributors out is a big loss, but it's not really an acceptable thing to say when you've still got four star, former four-star Michael DeVoe out there, when you've got Khalid Moore, when you've got uh, James Banks. Shambari Phillips. Where the heck has Shambari Phillips been this year, guys? Like, that, he was supposed to be talented transfer and help lead this team with a little more veteran presence with experience in power five especially if you look at the tennessee team right now that you just came off of and how they've grown over the last couple years uh, because of rick barnes that was a great hire for them by the way player who put up eight points a game two years ago as a sophomore come in here and really not see the floor very often and when he gets in be inconsistent on offense and on defense getting blown by, missing open threes, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't really know what the issue is there, but it's it needs to be figured out quickly because he is a big contributor to this team. Yeah, I mean, even versus Duke, I, I feel like in that Duke game we were plenty competitive in the first half, and then Gay and Banks pick up three fouls. And Gay, I think Banks sat most of that ended up sitting most of that first half. FSU, too, they picked up fast fouls. Alvarado fouled out with, what, eight minutes left? Alvarado not only fouled out, he didn't have a point, he didn't have a made shot. Like, like he could, he was unable to contribute. And I don't know if that was a factor of him just being off for the night or FSU playing really good defense. Yeah, yeah and, I mean, that game was close at the end. We missed, what, six six in a row? But We missed Alvar- a lot of shots Alvarado is. Alvarado's the heart of this team, and if he's putting up nothing, then I don't think we have much yeah. of a shot in any game. Well, I think what you can kind of... The, the thought that's been going through my mind is that this team defensively can hang with anyone. They've proven that. They've hung with the number two Duke team. They've hung with a top ten UNC team. They've, they, I mean, a top ten FSU team. But the problem is when it counts... Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech. But when it counts, it's either mental mistakes... Or it's just not being able to put the ball through the orange hoop. Yeah, it's just, that's the bottom line. The offensive, the offensive, I guess, cleanliness, the technique, I guess, is just. I don't. I wouldn't say it's not there, but it's wildly inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. The problem on defense is the scheme that we run. The one-three-one matchup zone is very good for defending the perimeter and defending the foul line area that gives a lot of zones problems where it struggles is once the ball gets passed inside sometimes the the jobs of each player who have been on the perimeter get muddied and you end up with just the one big man who's alone by himself on the backside guarding one-on-one in the post or even two-on-one in the post and even if you play with your arms up in the air pass uh, like a post-to-post pass or a low-to-low post pass you come over and try and help, and you're going to commit fouls. So that's why AD Gay and James Banks have been struggling with foul trouble. I think it's more a function of the defense. But then on offense, I think a little bit of the problem is just a lack of creativity, and the rest of the problem is the fact that the shooters have been nowhere to be seen during ACC oh, yeah. play. And yep. so you get teams who just decide to 
either pack it in like a Duke or a Syracuse with a 2-3 zone against us and basically allow nothing inside and off the dribble, or you get teams like UVA, even though we haven't played UVA yet, or teams that are going to play some variation of the pack line where every defender's got his foot in the paint and is going to help at the first sign of a drive. So the number one priority has to be recruiting guys who can knock down shots because the guys we have just haven't been able to do it during ACC play. And I thought uh, Haywood's biggest problem last year, <coughs> as far as his inconsistency, was because he spent a lot of the year injured. But this year he's seemingly healthy and hasn't been able to knock anything it's, down. It's been a confidence issue for Haywood. Uh, it's it's one he's been inconsistent and and two there are just long, like there's one night he's on it he's on fire he's been he hits anything from anywhere and then the next night I think we saw this specifically versus I want to say it was UNC he could not hit anything FSU was also bad watching yeah that so I I want to say it's a confidence issue I think if he makes that it, it if he makes that first shot in the night then he's usually okay. It takes that first big, like, kind of NBA range three, like that sort of risk-taking yeah. kind of thing. Once he makes that shot, then he's on it the rest of the night. But if he can't get that shot to fall early on in the first half, then it's not, it's just not going to be a good night. But see, and Ethan made a – I don't think this was last time we were on, but uh, he said it to, in passing, too. Uh, Passner has such a quick hook when you make a mistake. You are out, and then you sit on the bench, and you're thinking you're in your own head. And – I think psychologically is a big part of the game of basketball and it's a big part of a game like baseball you know you are if you are in your own head you're not going to connect with the ball if you're in your own head you're not going to make that shot you're going to be a quarter of a degree off you're going to be half a second late whatever it is arbitrary small number that messes with your form and it messes with your ability to generate positively and contribute to your team whether that's hitting a shot or even stuff like making that pass even though that's you've got more of a I'd say margin for error when you're doing something like that yeah Jake completely hit on that that's exactly the opinion that I've been having recently and I think it's I think it's something that Pastor is going to have to fix here at some point soon all right so uh, Tech plays Clemson Tonight, so this is Wednesday night when we're recording this. Um, what do y'all think? Clemson, I want to say, is same three and six in ACC play. They're thirteen and eight overall. Thirteen and eight overall. Um, I mean, this team is very inconsistent. I think we've kind of just really beaten that horse into glue at this point uh, today. But I want to say Tech will get will edge this one out at home. I'd say yeah. so. Yeah. I don't know what the spread is. I'm not a I would, man. Kate is our usual betting man. We lost a heartbreaker <laughs> to him at home last year, and I think the year before that. I'll look it up. I'm going to guess Clemson by a point and a half. Yeah, that seems fair to me. I think Clemson has also had similar sort of inconsistency Clemson by problems. three and a half. So they're not only... Hmm. I'll go out on a limb and say if we let Marquise Reed score 30 points again, we're probably going to lose. <laughs> That's Ooh. my official estimate. Yeah, I, I don't like us tonight. We've struggled against this team the last few years. We haven't been able to close games out against them. We uh, were Pastner's gotten last year. Right, Pastner's gotten outcoached by Brad Brownell at the end of games against this team, and they have a guy in Marquise Reed who you can trust with the ball in his hands in the last two minutes of a game to go get you a bucket and to knock down free throws, and we don't have somebody like that on this team yet. I think that's going to be the difference in this game. 
Yeah, right. I don't. I don't think we'll see nearly the. Stu- of course, I, we see the student turnout that we do against UNC once every year, and that's when either UNC or Duke comes to town. Yeah, uh, we usually pack the place for something like Notre Dame or your weekend Saturday games, especially. Especially those ranked team. Yeah, you know, if there's a little buzz going for it, but this Clemson game has none of that pizzazz that I think is going to get our students out there, and I don't think our notably wishy-washy on attending games uh, uh, alumni and sidewalk fans sporting uh, the attending sporting events. I don't think they have a proven history of like coming out on a Wednesday night to sport Georgia Tech basketball. And arguably, that this is the kind of game. That, that home field, that home court, home field, whatever, advantage swings. You know, like, if you can get the people around into it, then you're in their head in a game that Tech, I think, has a shot to win tonight. I don't think it's necessarily a gimme at all, but I don't know. Like, I think losing that one of the most important parts of our home success lately, or the past couple of years, is that we can capitalize on that, and if you don't have that, then there's yeah. not much going. I forget what the injury report was on Alvarado. He's playing tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think even with that, it should be should be close if he's relatively healthy. Thumbs um, yeah. up by three and a half is probably pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah. Tech by two, maybe. I don't trust us to win close games though. I think Clemson's going to cover tonight. True. Yeah. All right. If we win, we got to win by at least six or eight because Brownell Reed late in the game, like Ethan said, they've. Why they were forced in the tournament last year? They closed out close games at home and on the road during ACC play. True, true. All right, uh, and then Tech goes. They go to Notre Dame. This yeah, weekend. yeah. To Notre yeah, Dame. They go to to Purcell Pavilion uh, in South Bend. So give me a quick opinion on that game. Notre Dame's a team that's tough to predict because they shoot a lot of threes and give. A, effort level on defense that goes up and down depending on how they're feeling but uh, John Mooney inside is better than any big guy we have on the inside and I think that they're uh, usually substantial student section for a weekend game combined with their uh, play from the backcourt and inside I think Notre Dame's going to win this game if there's a game on the road to win this year this would have been it but I don't think this team we still have Miami on the road oh we We can be on the road okay Yeah. yeah Pretty close to the top of the list, uh, yeah. but uh, I, I think Ethan nailed the student section thing. A lot of people count out a home court advantage, but uh, Notre Dame's violently passionate fans uh, will show up. Yeah, there's no easier way to game. lose money betting on sports than picking road teams that are close favorites in college basketball games. <laughs> yeah, Cade knows that all too well. <laughs> you act like I mean, Cade's some sort of degenerate, but I mean, he only bets on. He only, bre- he only bets on presidential elections, I'm sorry. And, uh, and toddler <laughs> races. Child race. Yeah, baby races. That musical a chairs. Lot of money to be made. It's a big industry. Oh, yeah. Let it be known that I have taken $10 off of Cade on uh, those toddler races in McCamish. I beat him on the musical chairs one. That was a good day. <laughs> Cade's been taking a lot of L's, huh? I haven't picked a good kid yet. If your kid's in one of these races, tell me tell me what his name is, and I'll bet on it. <laughs> Scouting reports, right? It's not going well so far. Yeah. Um. yeah. Notre Dame is a, you know, like I can't really think of another ACC team we've had real success against with Josh Pastner besides Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, like Boston College maybe. And well, we, I don't even know if we beat We lost to them last and year. And we call that time. real success but, going, what, now we're 5-4 and four against them in two years? We've won all the home games, but we have never beaten them in South Bend under Pastner. Yep. I'll, well, yeah. I'll call it the only 
not bad ACC team that we've had <laughs> any amount but of success against. The thing is, Notre Dame traditionally, um, even while Patrick McCrenny has been pretty good. I mean, they've been yeah, uh, they probably did. upper half or upper tier of the ACC, and it's just they lost Fluger to a what it was an ACL tear. Yeah, at the beginning he of the was season supposed to be their star year. guard this year. So losing um, what the tech student section affectionately refer to him as Squirrel Boy uh, yeah. for the season really oh. hurts them. That was and so they just crazy. haven't, and they've kind of, from, I mean, if you just look at their record, they kind of look like us. They've been pretty inconsistent. Um, sometimes they're just not getting shots to fall. It, yeah. They it's just sort of like looking, we do. looking in a mirror. Um, so I think this game, I think this game is definitely decided on that student center advantage, or student section advantage, um, the same way it was decided here. Mm-hmm. Um, and even here it was a two point. It was a two point game that we almost lost. So sounds familiar. <laughs> they no longer have Bonzi Colson now in the NBA G League, which yeah. is a win. Bonzi Colson was a Bonzi Colson played there about six or seven years. <laughs> <laughs> the Hunter Renfro of the Notre Dame basketball. Kansas is a guys like that. <laughs> Kansas isn't good this year, but that's a topic for a. That's a topic for an entirely another podcast when we have more time. Right now, we are probably going to get kicked out of here soon. So, uh, But we have one more topic to cover very quickly. Let's hit baseball. Boom. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, we are doing our annual preview series on baseball and from the Rumble Seat. Um, I think we are in our schedule previews right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess with the time we have left... Uh, all three of you want to give me just a short opinion on what you think is going to go on this season at Ruster English Stadium. Jake? Uh, proper positional management would be nice. I think that's my key to success. Uh, I wrote the outfield and infield previews last week, and I think our biggest problem last year was sticking liabilities in the outfield because they had one... You, you're not going to get all five tool players uh in mm-hmm. ACC baseball, no matter how good the league is, but like if you have a offensive liability like our center fielder Nick Wilhite, yes, like our center fielder Nick Wilhite, who I was going to describe as a uh, web gem specialist, he was a multiple uh, Sports Center top ten player last year, which is great. Like we need defensive defensive players like that, but if you're going to hit 155 and slug 155, getting starter at bats. Yeah, actually, I saw that reaction. Oh, God, no. I, I just wanted to add, at the same time, uh, Kiefer, who's another one of our baseball writers, uh, did a advanced stats report at the end of last season, and Will, Nick Wilhite had a negative WRC+. plus. I forget what that stands for, but it's... <laughs> it means you don't he see, took away a run. You don't see, yeah. you don't see yeah. anything under, what, one... Is it, it's out of 100, right? 100 is the average? It's, a, it's weighted, so... Yeah, I forget how they do that metric. It's normalized at but some point. the guy was bad. Like his his run production was abysmal. He should not he be playing the line for this team. You would have been better like sticking a cardboard cutout there for every one of his. Cardboard at-bats. cutout can bat two twenty five. Run him out there instead of Nick Wilhite. I <laughs> mean, and and like obviously we don't think that Wilhite should shouldn't actually be on the team, but his production was very sorely he's not good, there. He's a good runner, and he's a good defender, so if you want to bring him late to steal a couple bases, get an extra base on a, on a run, if you want to stick him out there in center in a close game, dang straight, do but it. Do he's not talented with that glove. one of do our absolute units gets a base hit down the bottom of the ninth inning when we're in a tie game, 
put Nick Wilhite at a limb still second base, but that's the only thing he should be. And doing if it's Baron Radcliffe, that means he can then go to the outfield, you know? So like yeah. but hopefully we win the game. Uh, yeah. my outfield prediction or hope, I guess I should say, was uh Colin Hall, uh, Michael Goldberg, and Chase Murray. Goldberg who was coming off injury and seemed like he was heating up. Hall had good minutes or not good minutes, good uh Productive yeah, he was a solid time. hitter, and he got better as the year went on because he was a freshman last year, too. Yeah, um, and his brother's not too bad either. His, his brother brother's had, been suffering from back. Yeah, his, his brother's brother been in and out. 50 and I think, I think his brother, uh, Carter Hall, is my super sub of the team because he can play infield, he can play outfield. Um, ah, yes, the Clint Dempsey of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. That's the whistle, if you guys can pick that up. I don't know how good this microphone is. But, um, yeah, no, and then I thought Baron Radcliffe, is a tank and he can mash the ball like no other but in right field he's not the fastest so if you want to get him to the plate more make him the dh uh i think he's our best option now that we're not juggling the whole kel johnson joey bart kyle mccann first base catcher dh not that kel played any uh catcher but you know that whole question mark trying to get kyle and uh joey's bats in the lineup at the same time and then across the infield i had uh English, Serratos, Wilhite, and Waddell uh, with Miller and uh, Zinnershine, the freshman, uh, kind of backing him up. Uh, Miller more at the corners, Zinnershine in the middle infield. Who are the guys that you said we lost in the draft? Because uh, I remember, because I Kendall I wrote, Simmons, Kendall Logan Simmons, should have been yeah. our starting shortstop this year, and Reese Olsen would have been another arm in our pen, probably. Yeah, no, uh, Simmons is tough to lose. He was the number one ranked uh, shortstop in the state, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, before you lose both those guys to the draft, uh, Jackets had a number 24-ranked recruiting class in the nation. So that, those are tough losses, but I think, I mean, you bring in Bardicki and Rodig on, this, on the pitching staff. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, where, really good that's where we needed Famous more help anyways, I think. Agreed. And I and one thing that I hit, uh, hit home a lot in my... Um, Honey. Boo. Um, I said hit baseball talk. Oh. <laughs> And he said home, too. <laughs> One thing I really touched on in my uh, pitching preview Touch was all, a... Touch them all, Let me speak, Jesus. Uh, one thing that I really emphasized was uh, a lack of consistency on the mound. Um, and I, I think bringing in Bardicki, who was the number 34 Somewhere. athlete, just like pit player in the nation, and then he was the, like, the number 8 left hand. Something like that. Number eight left-hander in the nation. Something like that. Like, that's a really good addition to a pitching staff that when they are on, they they are really, really good. Especially Connor Thomas and Xavier Curry, when both of them are really, and, and considering that they're probably going to be the two mainstays of the weekend rotation, um, when they are on it, when they, when they are hot, they kill teams. There have been numerous examples last season um, – the two that I wrote about were against Wake Forest in consecutive games, but you can pick a couple of games from last season where both of them just murdered lineups, yeah. like good lineups. And that's, I think that's where their potential is. And I think from there you add Bart Nicky, Tristan English, if you want to put him back in the rotation or you want to give him some spot I like starts. I like him out of the pen. Or that. Um, it's consistency. Across the board for the pitching staff, it's consistency, mm-hmm. and that's what they need the most. The schedule, I know both of us have kind of written about this this week. The schedule's tough. If we start 25-4, and four, I'll go streaking around Georgia Tech's campus. <laughs> you heard it here first. You can hold him to that. Wow. You haven't done that already? <laughs> Oof. Um, but I think I've said – you said we'd go 7-2. and two. 
um, to end to, to end February, and I said we'd go seventeen and three in March. What? That's all. If we go twenty four and five, I'll go streaking around the Georgia Tech. I was. Oh, shit, you I are am, smoking some good stuff over there in Square. I uh, I like to be pretty high on the Jackets, and the only two series that really stood out to be in March, at least. I haven't looked at the rest of the schedule. Were Louisville and then Athens. And you can probably chalk up a couple losses there, and then one random loss to Miami, Virginia. And we, are, we only lose one game one of those three teams. <laughs> what? Akshay, 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 Akshay. Hey, we I haven't do... beaten the Bulldogs in baseball since I became a student at Georgia Tech. I have faith. I have faith, too, but like... We also very rarely sweep anyone, yes. let alone three teams in the I, same month. I have Winning the series against <laughs> Louisville? I didn't say we were going to win. I think I said two losses to Louisville. Then where's the third loss coming from? You said one to Miami, maybe? One to, like, Miami or Virginia, like your usual <laughs> All the trash teams. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, in my defense, I know very not that much about college baseball, and a lot of these predictions are made off of RPI. But, address. Ah, good job, Mr. Editor of College Baseball. Editor of Georgia Tech. Hey. <laughs> I got nothing. It's... It's, what, almost 3 o'clock? We're tired at this point. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a grizzled veteran of having expectations for Georgia Tech baseball teams, and we have the same conversation before every single season. So, yep. we'll We see have nerds now, though. That'll help us, right? Yeah, we have an analytics department. I mean, maybe it'll make him st- stop bunting. That's the only thing that I can think of. <laughs> I really hate bunting. Like, like a lot. Like a lot. Yep. Do you think the MLB should outlaw bunting just no. like they uh, just like they want to make every batter face or every pitcher face three batters minimum? That, well, I wanted them to go to the That's College a- World Series last year only so that I could see Joey Bart bunt with like a runner on the <laughs> <and> <laughs> bottom of the ninth. That hurts me. That hurts. <laughs> That's that how you win ball games, son. Is bunting the unwritten with rules one out of two out? It's ever. scientific baseball, Cade. Scientific. Bunting nope. is scientific baseball. All you got to do is get people in scoring position. Baseball is not a scientific sport. People who do analytics are the devil. That's what I learned from watching Brian Stinker <laughs> manage the Atlanta Braves. It's Theo's league. Y'all are just playing in it. All right. Any final thoughts across the board? Anything? I don't know. Y'all are already getting on my nerves again. <laughs> <laughs> I say we say previewing April to see if we actually go 24 and 5. Hey, <laughs> in blind faith is the best March. kind of faith. Mind right. Actually, will, will you streak if we go 1-0? Absolutely not. <laughs> if we start 1-0, will you streak? No. Big fan. Just RIP playing Bradley. I miss playing Bradley. Good times. All right, we will see you in another two weeks. But for now, from the... Uh, Student Center skyboxes at Bobby Dodd Stadium watching football players do more winter is coming workouts. Uh, it looks like there's some serious long snapping going on down there. Ooh, important position. But we will, uh, yeah, like I said, we'll see you in two weeks. Peace out. Oh,